What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Ever Adaptive Podcast. I am your host, Becky Flowers, along here with two beautiful faces again. I have my co-host, Sarah Budzin. Hey, guys. And we have on with us today our good friend, Hannah Camfield. Hello. Hello. So, Hannah, thank you so much for coming on. I was excited. Becky texted me. I was like, yes, absolutely. <laughs> we have been so excited for this. We actually, I don't remember what episode it was, but I was like, wait till Hannah's episode because her brain is like the way your brain works is so good. So I'm excited. Um, but let us know who you are. Kind of give us a little backstory. We like to say like, what's your elevator spiel of like who you are? That's a big one. (laughs) So I, if you go with the traditional labels, wife, dog, mom, personal trainer, online fitness coach, all of those things, but, um, also a huge outdoors enthusiast, love being outside, anything that gets me outdoors. Absolutely. Yes. But, um, from those traditional labels, you know, online fitness coach, in-person training, as far as career goes, very much love the shift and change and the power that strength training had in my personal life and how it, it literally changed the trajectory of my whole life. So anyway, I can illuminate the path for other women to have that same, their version of that experience. That's what I'm on this planet to do. Like, yes, absolutely. I love that. Yes. Oh, I love it. There's nothing more fun than showing women like how strong they can be and how much food is your friend. <laughs> yes. So in a nutshell, that's really the whole thing behind the career. Um, personally, wife married to my husband for a little over eight years now. Um, Frenchie mom, obsessed with my dogs. You will be hearing them in the background, their little snorts. They're currently playing on the floor next to me. So if you haven't heard them already, yeah. you will. <laughs> I can't shut them out. They will not allow that. But, um, but yeah, that's kind of like the I live in Virginia Beach. I very much like living here, although I do miss my mountains a little bit, although I'm from the Midwest. So a little bit of a spiel of the background. I love it. Midwest girls all around. I know. Although I'm here in the desert right now. <laughs> I know. I was thinking you guys are the only ones like you're nice and it's sunny there and it's freaking rainy and freezing here. So we're about it's to have actually, a whole weekend of rain. So it's like, you know, it's cold here in Arizona today. It's 76. Oh gosh. <laughs> I fucking hate you. <laughs> All right. So Hannah, just a little bit more because we know you personally. So you kind of skipped over how you like strength training changed your whole life, but you literally were like, the epitome of unhealthy party girl who I'm pretty sure you said that you never drink water. You only drink Mountain Dew. (laughs) And then you went into nationally qualified, like what second at nationals, your last show, third, third at nationals, your last show. And now you are this epitome of health. (laughs) We're going to put it. So kind of give us just a little bit of that backstory, and then we're going to dive into our topics for today. Oh, I would love to. So um, yes, back in the day in college, um, I drank way more Mountain Dew and whiskey and rum, preferably out of a pitcher mix with Diet Coke (laughs) than I ever did. At least it was diet, you know, we've got to win there. But then I ever did water. It was so funny. I remember like even growing up, like I just never really drank much water, which is wild to think about now. 
Um, but it's really relatable for my clients who are in the same or similar positions. Um, but yeah, big time party girl. I mean, I would literally eat a McChicken every day for lunch from McDonald's. <laughs> and that's the life that I lived in college, which I feel like, you know, was pretty standard. But eventually at some point that that shit catches up to you and it, it, you have to pay the price of not living, caring about your health at all. Um, and it did. I remember specifically uh, my college roommate and I, it was 4th of July weekend. There was a little like festival in our small college town and we had a kiddie pool out front full of water. We were in our bikinis and we had like our little like cups with tequila or God knows what in there. And she snapped a picture of me and she like posted it on Instagram. And I remember seeing it on her profile and I was like, what is that me? And it was just such an aha moment for like, I got to change something. Like I, like not only do I, I didn't, I just didn't feel good about what I saw, not only physically, but also just from a health perspective. I was like, that's just not, that's not what I want to be. Like, hold on. So from that point, everything kind of shifted. I went pretty hard into um, like health and nutrition extremes from the bat. I feel like we all do, right? I lived on the elliptical. I ate nothing but protein and vegetables. And I carried around a gallon of water like immediately. I was like, I will figure out how to drink this and I'm just going to make it happen. And that's kind of always been a little bit of my personality was just hidden at the time. It's like, if I want something, I'm gonna figure it out. Like I'm going to make it happen. Um, but from there- and That's you know, why we love you. I know. <laughs> Y'all can relate. But um, I shifted into just general health and fitness. You know, I still drank for years after that, like on the weekends, like, you know, lived for the weekend lifestyle. I was teaching like, you know, all those kind of things after I graduated college. And then um, eventually I got into CrossFit. I really enjoyed that. I coached it uh, for a while, got my level one certification. And then- are the dogs are being wild <laughs> and then um we welcome it okay perfect and then <laughs> I actually a friend of mine or one of my friends like another friend who was coaching across at the time was doing her first figure show and her boyfriend at the time was prepping her now they're married children and all the things but um and I was like oh that's really cool like I love to watch videos of on YouTube of like Heidi Summers and Emily Hayden and like all these people uh competing in bikini like I think it looks really neat and he was like have you ever thought about competing you have great structure for it and I was like that's not for me like I, I can't do that like yeah but no like and uh he was like well I'll coach you for free and I was like well, okay sure so that ignited everything from there after going through my first bodybuilding prep and competing and doing well I got like fourth at a pretty decent size show in Chicago for my first show and then I won um the next show I didn't do as well and then the fire was super lit so I was like oh I got fifth that sucks and like from there I took a short off season and competed one first and then one first in an overall at the next show and then I was I was absolutely in love <laughs> completely enamored with the sport and so that's what I spent the next few years doing was really building up my muscle obviously I had a pretty good muscle composition from starting to train in college and then doing CrossFit for years and trying to lift really heavy and that being my emphasis was performance and strength so I already came into the sport with a decent amount of muscle mass and being you know in my late 20s when I started I had a little bit of muscle maturity as well because a lot of girls up there you know they're in their early 20s and etc so it was nice to kind of come into the sport with that because of my background which I think was a massive advantage um but from there, you know, I, did, I competed a couple seasons, did fairly well. I did, um, the goal was IFBB pro card. Unfortunately, did not hit that mark. My body kind of said, let's, let's not <laughs> before I got there. But we ended up doing uh, best placings were third at Junior Nats and fourth at Universe. Um, and those are just such great memories for me. Like even 
it's funny because it's so it's so bittersweet like talking about that goal because it's like in the back of my mind I'm like wow you failed <laughs> but at the front at the forefront of my mind too it's like what an honor to make it that far and like be yeah. able to really step back and look at a big picture like so many people bodybuilding is such a luxurious thing what an honor yeah that's a first world sport too right oh massive massive to do this and now how long ago was it that you competed at nationals oh that was 2021 okay Mm -hmm. and so future plans with competing again or is that chapter kind of closed for you (laughs) I was working on ace when I was there (laughs) working on it uh, for now, competing is kind of tabled just because um, it just takes a lot out of you. And I feel like it took, you know, you guys know that um, everyone who competes knows that. And I feel like um, I just saw a lot of repercussions in my last prep and it took me a really, really long time to come back from that. And then also from, you know, as a female, I feel like if you're a female who doesn't struggle with body image, congratulations, you're a fucking unicorn. Yeah. Um, <laughs> It's just so rare. Um, You know, so coming out of prep, you guys know, it's kind of, it messes with your head mentally, emotionally, and then physically you're kind of all messed up. Um, And it takes some time to be responsible and come back from that. And I was responsible, but it still took a really long time, like a really long time to level back out and feel like I didn't feel constantly inflamed and just gross and not well. Um, And I think it was just a sign from my body that I, I needed to take time off. And then my husband's also like, please just like live life with me. (laughs) So that was another big component of it. Um, because you know, he's into health, he's into fitness, like that stuff matters to him, but like, you will never find that man on a bodybuilding stage. He's been to almost every single one of my shows as supportive as they come. But, um, he was, he was ready to like, you know, go on vacations and travel. So I love competing. I will always miss it, but never say never, you know, I turn 35 in less or a little over two years. So masters isn't that far away. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. And I wanted to touch on you just listening to your body, right? Because that's something that I think a lot of people struggle with too. And both Becky and I have been there, right? Where we're like, okay, the body is, is screaming at me to like chill, right? And like, not be so like, it's so hard to find that happy medium of being like, super hard headed and like tunnel vision, like this is my goal. And I'm not going to stop until I fucking get there. But then also like your body's like, hey, we have to like operate here, right? So like taking that kind of like, step back, slow down, zoom out and being like, okay, what do I have to do here? Like, what is actually going to serve me? stage is always going to be there. Right. Mm -hmm. And I'm really just going to get better with time. You know, it's not like we stop bodybuilding and everything that we know and learn and have practiced for years goes out the window. It's like, we still do our cardio. We still train our asses off. We still weigh our food, like everything that we have always done, like that's ingrained in us. And it's not like we stop doing that. And that's really only going to benefit us with taking that time off and reevaluating priorities and maybe, you know, shifting focus for a little bit for a season, for a chapter, and then maybe revisiting, maybe not, who knows. Right. So I love that you, you took that step back and cause it's, it's a hard thing to do. You know, I did the same thing as well. And it's like, you identify so much, right. I'm a bodybuilder. Right. And then when you take, when you like remove that from the equation, even if it's just temporary, you're like, what do I have? Right. 
and being able to kind of like expand your horizons again be like oh this is what like (laughs) real people deal with again (laughs) yes (laughs) and I think it's really hard in that moment too like when you're stage lean when you're in the trenches of it it's so hard to like get that Mm -hmm. bird's eye view because you're so in it you're so deep like it's really hard to step back I actually just had this conversation with a friend last night I cannot if you're an active competitor I cannot tell you the value of taking extended off seasons. Like it's so underrated because your body needs it. Um, if you want to grow and look different, you need it. That's what I did in 2019. I competed at junior Nats and I got buried deservedly. So <laughs> like, I was, that wasn't it. Um, and I looked run down, I looked fatigued. So I took almost two years off and didn't start prep again until 2021. And because I told myself, I will not step on stage again until I am different. I am unrecognizable. I love that. That's, exactly where I am right now. I'm coming out of stage and it's I, probably 2025 is when I'll be back on stage. And we like it's here. hard. <laughs> I know. I know it's hard because everyone, especially the outside view and you get Instagram and people are like, oh, when are you getting, when are you going to compete again? Well, not until 2025. Okay. Are you done competing? No, but <laughs> I need to like, yeah, I need to like do what I need to do so I can actually show up on stage better. Right. And I think that that was like my most asked question over the last, you know, two and a half, three years. It's like, when are you competing again? When are you competing again? And for the longest time, like, I don't know, like I'll get there, but like not right now. I have different priorities that take precedence over stepping on stage, you know, and like when the stars align, I'll make it happen. Yeah. And like you said earlier, there's nothing but like good that comes from that mentally, physically, all of it. Again, coming, taking those two years off season, I went from a nobody to missing my pro card by two spots twice, like almost, you know, and if I keep going, I know I could do it. Like, I know that eventually it could happen hundred percent. Like there's no doubt about that. It's just a matter of if I want to, you know, but that time off does nothing but great things. And there's nothing better than taking that time off and investing it in yourself and in your metabolism and in your health and in your physique to potentially improve your placing versus continuing beating your head against the wall, like hoping for an outcome that you're not doing the right thing to get. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. And now since, cause we kind of talked about this a little bit before we started on started recording, but um, Becky and I are kind of going through a little bit of the same thing, right. With being leaner. And then now we're both in you know, health or growth phases and kind of making that mindset shift, right. From, like you said, being stage lean and taking that time off to better your physique and everything like that. Now, like Becky, how's everything going with you in that? I mean, I know that Mm -hmm. you're kind of going through a little bit of a different protocol because you had some like, what, like GI mapping and everything like that done too. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I just got a GI map done and dealing with like leaky gut and basically needing to repopulate my gut because there's low bacteria. And then that goes into like autoimmune disorders and all of that. So working with my current coach to get that back up, which means pulling back on training, um, cutting cardio completely. So I only have steps and we decrease protein and increase carbs, which means that my daily weigh-ins are increasing, um, which 
it's fine. We know why, right? Carbs are going to hold more glycogen and it's going to make you a little bit heavier on the scale. But seeing that scale go up has been such a mind fuck for me. Um, just because in prep, you just are so focused on seeing that scale go down. And this is for a lifestyle too. If you're in a deficit and you're in a cutting phase, you're so focused on seeing that scale go down and seeing the new lines and seeing the new clothes that you can fit into. So now when you are in that reverse and you are seeing that scale go up, it's a mind fuck. And I don't care if you've been doing it for 10 years. I don't care if it's your first time doing it. Like it's going to fuck with your brain. Male or female. Male or female. I've so many guys have this too. I feel like that's a big misconception too. We think it's just girls. It's guys too. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. And I think a big key component for me and something that I keep really at the forefront of my mind, especially in any sort of reverse is like, and deficits too, right? Either way, like what we're doing is intentional. There's a reason why we're eating more, we're gaining weight, we're lessening cardio so that we can put on more, more tissue, you know, get our body back into a homeostasis after a show or being super lean. And that intentionality is something that I really hold on to where, cause like me, it's like now, okay, I kind of figured out more of a solidified game plan of what my plans are moving forward over the next year or so where, okay, now I have a little bit shorter of an off season. So I'm kind of more aggressively going to be growing and training my ass off and eating more until prep starts. (laughs) And then we have like some potential shows lined up for next season. Um, But really just being intentional with, okay, now I have to eat. Now I have to train my ass off because I only have so much time, such a small window to build as much as I can and solidify as much as I can before we do start reversing into a cut. I love that really fast because if you can get out of your brain where you're seeing the scale go up or you're feeling like your clothes don't fit you better and you can zoom out and think back, okay, what is the purpose of this? Like what is my intention here and focus more on that versus the things that are coming up in your brain. It's Mm -hmm. going to just help you get through it. You're still going to mess, have days where you feel like absolute shit. Um, But if you can zoom out and focus on that intentionality, it's just going to be so helpful. So I love that you said that. Yeah. It's something that I constantly have to like remind myself that really ties right into what we talk about all the time, right? Delayed gratification rather than like what feels good in the now, you know, what's my goal here? What's my purpose here? And what are the steps that I have to take to get there? And this is one of them, right? It's being uncomfortable for a little bit. And that's just part of bodybuilding. That's what we choose, right? I don't have to do this. I'm choosing to do this. So this is just part of it. Yeah. Now, Hannah, what about with your clients? Because I know a lot of times you'll bring clients on and you'll have to reverse them right away. You can't go into a a deficit right away because so many women are eating so little to begin with. So how do you deal with that mindset shift with them when they're seeing that scale go up when they come to you and they're like, I just want to lose weight? I think first off, the number one step is getting their buy-in. Like if I have, if I can tell immediately off, like with a consultation call, if I can tell like, oh, they've been dieting, they've been doing 
Orange Theory five days a week for a year. They've been doing whatever X Y Z for a long time, and like, there's no no doubt. Like, okay, we're we're gonna have to. We need maintenance, a minimum of maintenance phase, um, for a while to like build them back up and let their body recover. Educate. I think to get the buy-in, like tell them why we're doing what we're doing. You know, your metabolism fluctuates. It's like a living thing. Like you have to fuel it appropriately depending on what season that you're in. Um, so get their buy-in on it first and make sure it's like, it's not just like, Hey, you need to eat more food and this is why, and that's what we're going to do. Get them on board. Like, you know, explain why you're doing and make sure like they're on, they're on your team about it. Um, and explain like, you know, a lot of times I think one of the hardest things is they're like, well, how long is that going to take? <laughs> I don't know. Um, hopefully, you know, we can do it in a couple months, but typically, you know, sometimes you might eat more and like explain it all depends like how your body responds. If you start to up your food and you balloon up, then, you know, we got to go slower or, you know, et cetera, you know, making sure that they know exactly what to expect in the process. So when they have those freak out moments of like, no, but like, this isn't what I wanted to do. Remember our conversation, take it back to what you guys agreed upon, to what you educated them on and let them know like, Hey guys, this is, this is the plan. And the plan is being executed and the plan is being followed. Um, and remember we're going, we're, we're going for long-term results. We're not going for a short-term fix that I'm not the co if you want to lose 10 pounds as fast as possible for an event, please don't hire me. I like, love that. That's so important. <laughs> I think that's so, so important because same thing. People just want things now. Yes. And if you want to figure out how to eventually get to a body composition that you feel like a badass in all the time. Sustainable. And yep. And, and you're live. Willing, yeah. Yes. And you're willing to invest the time in figuring out how to get there. And you're willing to put in the effort to learn about how to be healthier for your whole life. Hire me. I'll teach you. I will light that fucking yep. path. Love but, that. Um, I think it's getting that buy-in originally and like educating them on why we need to do what we're doing. Cause women, women are marketed like that they're not educated like that they're not taught like that they're taught to lift lightweight for a lot of reps to look toned and they're taught to do cardio and they're taught to eat like a bird yes I agree and I can't tell you how many times that I've had clients whose husbands or boyfriends think that they shouldn't be lifting heavy or eating more than them or like it's literally, they are hearing it from all sides, the media, the people in their lives. So you educating them and kind of going back to the intentionality, like you can then zoom out and let them know, Hey, this is what we talked about. This is why we're doing it. And then that gives them the intention of why they are doing this. Yes. And I want to tie that into like, we can kind of roll that into, cause I know we wanted to touch on like training aspect with people too. Right. So making sure that, I mean, we've covered this time and time again, intentionality with training, but also like educating people, like, just like you said, Hannah, right? Like we've, we've been accustomed to for so long, oh, lightweight, you know, high reps, toning, you know, but like, what does that mean to people? People think that it's just like, oh, I'm just going to like tone. And it's like, you realize that means building muscle and losing body fat, right? Yes. Like that is what toning is. And that's the look that all of these women want, you know? And it's like, you're not going to get big on accident. Like I've been trying to get big for fucking years. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Please allow like, me to get big. that intentionality of like, these are the practices of training that I need to adopt to achieve that goal look. And for that, I'm probably going to have to eat more than I'm used to. And, you know, just 
all of these different things that play into each other. And like, you have all these girls that are just on cardio, on cardio. They think that that's how they're going to tone. It's like, you have it all wrong. I think like, again, the big thing there is to remind them, okay. Cause I've had clients before who've come to me and they're like, I lost all my weight. And I'm like at my goal weight, but like, I don't look like I thought I would. And I'm like, it's cause you don't have any shape. Cause you know, it gives yeah. you shape. muscles. Yeah. muscles. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I really like to reiterate that with clients too, that like, Hey, if you want to build like shape and you want to look toned, guess what you need muscle. Yep. And you know what you have to do to get that eat food and train hard as hell for an extended period of time. And then you can go into a fat loss phase and then you're going to look like a freaking badass and you're going to be so excited, but you have to invest in that process. Yes. Yes. And not only that, but especially with like the longevity aspect of things too, right? Like muscle mass is so important for the human body for life. Like, do you want to be you know, in your 60s, 70s, 80s, struggling to do things? Or do you want to be able to sit on the floor with your kids or your grandkids and play or be able to move things and not need assistance down the road? Like it, there's so much more than just like the aesthetics part of it and just functionality and sustainability and for just long-term life operation. And I think that that's something that is really overlooked as well because, I mean, you were in this like generation of like grandparents and stuff like that, that they, they don't have this like foundational muscle that can help them with sustaining long-term, right? Yeah. And I'll be damned if I need anything like that. (laughs) I carry my own groceries forever. Yeah. (laughs) I think too, that all comes back once more, especially excuse me, specifically for women, like how things are marketed. Um, It's not marketed as like, hey, you should gain muscle so that you have great bone density, your metabolism increases, you are way more functional, you can keep up with your kids, your life is better, you get sick less, like all these things, like, hey, you should live this healthy lifestyle for that. No, it's only lose weight. You should lose weight. We teach you how to lose 10 pounds. And like, that's how sometimes even too, you'll find that in my marketing, because that's what gets people's attention. But that's not my goal. That's my goal is to hook you in so I can teach you the right way to do things. But that's just how shit's marketed. And it's frustrating. It is very frustrating. I agree because it's, we've just been so, we've been taught so wrong for so long and breaking that and like proving to women, like, dude, get strong as hell. Like there's nothing more just empowering as a female being able to like handle shit on your own physically. Right. Especially with where we're at in the world, how are you not going to want to be able to handle yourself as a female on your own physically? Like been to a gas station on your own lately? Like, come on. (laughs) Seriously. (laughs) Hannah has some crazy fucking place right now. She gets some weirdos at the gas station, but it's true. Like where we're at, you want to be able to train, but then also while you were saying that we live in such a microwave society. So yes, losing 10 pounds will hook people in because they just want it like that. They don't want to have to build the muscle to then lose the 10 pounds and look toned, which I hate that word so much, but to look fit, that's really what they want to look like. They want to look fit. Um, but that takes time. So how do you guys kind of, I don't know what I want to ask. How do you 
help keep your clients on the buy-in with training heavy when they do come to you as I want to lose 10 pounds. Does that make sense? Hannah? <laughs> it's a really big practice in shifting your focus. So instead of like, ooh, what's the scale say? I don't, I don't give a shit. Like, <laughs> I'm not too worried about that. That's not my first thing that I'm looking at. I'm looking at your photos. I'm looking at, do we see more shape in your shoulders, in your glutes, in your lats, in your like waist looking smaller due to building more lats, building more glutes. That's the stuff that I'm looking at. And I'm also encouraging them. I'm, to, I'm looking at their lifts. I'm seeing what they're lifting. I've recently added a new question to my check-in form. It's like, what's your intention with training right now? What are you practicing getting better at? And I want a specific movement. I want a weight you're working for. I want, um, a form technique that you're working towards. I want a performance goal of some kind. That's what I, I want. And I want that. love that. Because I want to know so what you're sick. working on in your training. Where, where are you being intentional with it? Like specifically, because you know, we all have that thing, right? We're working towards increasing our hip thrust weight or better my muscle connection with the hip thrust or literally any movement. I just picked hip thrust because I did those with a client today. But you know, what, what are you working on in your training to get better and start shifting their focus to get more excited about that? I have a client granted she's, she's in person, but I, uh, I'm, she's the highlight of my week right now because she came to me, she had deadlifted 155 before with the trap bar, but had back pain. And it was one rep max. Well, yesterday we sumo deadlifted 155 by five, three times, get them hype on their strength, get them hype on what they can do. Because it, I just remind them guys, if you increase your strength and you focus on this stuff, that's way more fun to like dial in on anyway, everything you want's a byproduct. It's a freaking yep. side effect. Like, yeah, it's just going to fall out. Exactly. Mm -hmm. I, I love that so much. much. <laughs> Oh, I'm excited. Sorry. Could you no. ever guess that we do a podcast together every week? <laughs> is getting people excited about the non-scale victories, right? Where scale, it's just a tool. Like it's just a tool. Like, yeah, you may think that you want to lose 10 pounds, but really, do you just want to lose actually like five? And like now you're building muscle and now you do have more of that shape. And guess what? You're stronger and you're feeling better and your energy's better and your digestion's better and your mood's better. Like all of these other things that just come with increasing your strength and your performance and shifting that focus from, okay, weight loss to, I want to feel better. I want to perform better. I want to function better. I want to sleep better. You know, all of these different things that just come along with getting your food in check, getting your training in check and everything else, just like you said, it's just a byproduct just follows. Watching on that scale could be valuable too. Cause I feel like people get so wrapped up in it, but again, you have to, I feel like I'm consistently reminding clients like, like, Oh, the scale hasn't moved. I have a client I have in mind immediately right now that pops in. She's like, the scale hasn't really moved much. She's lost like four pounds. And I'm like, well, that's, I don't care about that. Like, and I was like, and I want to teach you why that doesn't matter. Like, I mean, it, you know, that's, it can be an important side effect if we're in a fat loss phase, right. but we're not, we're in recon. So I want the scale to, to maybe shift a little like down, but realistically shift a little down or stay the same. Um, I think we put too much emphasis and hope into seeing that number go down. Cause again, that's, you know, what we're taught smaller is better. Um, but a lot, I've had women too, who have been like, I want to lose 10 pounds or I wanted to lose 10 pounds. I lost 10 pounds. And again, I didn't like how I looked like it wasn't what I thought it was going to be. Um, and we get so tied to a number. Like I do this personally. I have this number in my head that I'm like, I should wait like in the past. I'm like, I should weigh this. And then that's, that's when I look good. Yeah. And, and it, 
same time, you know, like I've taken pictures and photos and I'm like, I'm five pounds above that weight. And I feel like I look great and I'm comfortable and I get to live a life that I want. Like if I want to go eat a cookie, guess what? I can. Um, if I have to skip a workout because I'm busy, guess what? I can. But, you know, those aren't consistent practices, but they don't make or break me anymore. And I can maintain this weight and live a much happier life. That's right. that's like the harmony of it all. Right. I think so much emphasis into seeing that number go down, down, down. When in reality, it's like more like, what do you look like? How do your clothes fit? How's, again, how's your energy? How's your digestion? How's your sleep? All these other markers that are way more valuable. Yeah. And they just like that giving that value of you're feeling better in your day-to-day, you're functioning better in your day-to-day, you have, you know, better mental clarity and things like that. Like these are all things on my check-in form that are like, okay, well, how's your energy? Like, how's your digestion? You know, how, how are, you know, stressors and sleep and all of these things versus, okay, let's look at your check-in four weeks ago, you know, and compare the two. And like, wow, look at how far you've come, not only physically, because look at, here's your side-by-side pictures too, and you're fucking killing it. But also all of these non-scale markers that we have improved on. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Another cool thing that I like to point out for clients, and I can think of one client in particular, is habits that they are seeing come up throughout this process And right now, this particular client, we're in a little bit of a fat loss phase, but we're really trying to, it's more of a recomp phase. Um, And first it was really focused on the scale and it's like, oh, I, I got to this number and then this happened, but it's like, why did that happen? So why are you eating peanut butter at night? Oh, it's because I come home and I sit down right away and I'm absolutely exhausted and I haven't prepped my meals. Okay. So we've recognized that habit. Now, how can we change that? So that's really what I, I like nerd out on that with them. It's like, okay, well, how can we like change your daily practices in order for you to be able to get to a point where you are training consistently and you are eating consistently and we're not so focused on that scale. We can kind of see where we're self-sabotaging ourselves to hold ourselves back from not feeling like we can actually achieve that goal. I think that's so important to touch on because a lot of people will just see their screw up and they'll just recognize it as a screw up, but they won't dive into like, okay, well, why did that happen? Yes. And, you know, where can I be intentional in other areas to make sure that that doesn't happen again, where, you know, I'm feeling vulnerable at night and I want to just, you know, binge out on whatever I can find. Um, you know, what are different things that I can do to distract or just improve that root of where it's coming from so that all this progress that I've made throughout the day, right? It's like the, you know, oh, during the week, I'm perfect. But then on the weekends, I blow everything, right? Okay, well, during the day, I'm perfect. But at night, I blow everything. How many clients do you have that you hear this, right? It's so much. And being able to recognize that and being like, okay, how do we fix this? Because I want to make this a sustainable habit for you to improve on so that we break this cycle. Yeah. I love that. I think something too, that I found really helpful with clients in that situation, make sure whatever like targets that you want to set up are actionable. Don't just say, I'm going to do better. I'm going to work on my nighttime binging. I'm going to work on not binging at night. How? Good luck. Like, yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> I mean, I'll do it if I, if I haven't given the choice. Set up specific action steps. Like, what are you going to do? Like, literally, like, let's say, for example, I love the one of like, I do great during the week and I, I lose it on the weekends. Okay, why? Well, I don't have food prepped and, and we're on the go. Okay, well, can you, when do you think throughout the week, maybe Thursday, Friday, do you have time to prep a little extra food? Yeah, like Thursday evenings, I'm usually pretty low key. The kids don't have practice. We don't have da, da, da. I can I could prep a little food. Okay, well, let's prep some protein sources then. Um, let's have those in the fridge ready to go for the weekend. That's an actionable step you can take. Um, why don't you on Friday night screenshot your planned macros for Saturday and send those to me? Like actionable things that you could do to make sure that you will shift that behavior. Don't just say, I want to do better. I'm gonna work on this. No, mm-hmm. don't be vague. Get specific do things you can actually execute and follow through on because those will lead to change and change leads to habit and habit leads to sustainable long-term results. So exactly. Beautiful. Love it. One last thing that I thought of that I want to touch on is what can we give people that um, they are struggling with staying on track during the weekends, but they want to live sustainably. So this is more lifestyle client. You're not in prep, you're maybe off season or you are lifestyle And I hear it all the time where I want to go out with my friends to eat or we have date night. How do you guys navigate that personally and then with your clients? So for me, a lot of my lifestyle clients, I won't say everyone, um, but I will give a good portion of my lifestyle clients a free meal a week and just plan around it, you know, replace one of your on meal plans meals with a free meal weekly that way you do feel like you have that that freedom but also I mean I have I give my clients a food swap list so like certain carb fat protein sources where like you can switch things out and you can still go out and get a meal but it's very comparable to your meal plan meal too yeah I think um, one big one for me that helped me a lot that I find very helpful with my clients is reminding that every time you go out to eat is not a cause for celebration, right? If you just like go to dinner with your friends on a Saturday night for fun, why you have to order four glasses of wine, a cheeseburger, an appetizer, and a brownie, like, yeah. you know, you know, there are causes for celebration. If it's your birthday, Yes. Have cake, please. <laughs> like, you know, all these celebration reasons, all these things, if you got a promotion, you know, whatever, if you're going out for a celebratory dinner and you want to enjoy something that you love, please do that. Yes. But if it's just, you go out every Thursday night with your group of friends and you guys go out to dinner somewhere and every Thursday night, you're going way off track with that dinner. You're not going to get where you want to go. Mm-hmm. So what we want to do instead is work on, again, like Sarah said, you can order meals that are very similar to what you would normally make. Like that's not, that's not that hard to do at restaurants. Um, I honestly, my go-to, and it's because I genuinely enjoy it is I just get a grilled chicken sandwich and depending on my carbs, at least the whole bun or half the bun, um, my side will depend on how hungry I am. If I'm super hungry and I feel like this is more of a splurge moment, I'll get French fries and I usually eat about half. Or if I'm not that hungry. I'll go for, I'll opt for a veggie. Like there are ways that you can make your meals reflect what you would choose to eat at home. And the bonus is they typically taste better because you didn't make it. <laughs> true. Very true. And you know how it's going to digest too, for the mm-hmm. most part. Yeah. Yeah. That's a huge, huge thing that I think people don't even think about is just like after the fact, they're like, 
oh, well, I feel like, you know, I'm, I'm bloated. I'm watery. I feel like shit. I'm sluggish, you know, I'm tired. And it's just like, okay, well, what did you eat that you normally don't? And like recognize that repercussion, right? If something makes you feel like crap, gives you heartburn, makes you feel bloated and watery, avoid it. Like have that willpower to be like, okay, cause effect, Mm -hmm. you know, and just (laughs) point blank, be an adult, make better decisions. (laughs) (laughs) It's so true. So true. But it's so hard too. like, I, I get this because I was there too for so long where it's like, I just want to go out and I want to binge drink on the weekends because that's what you do in small town, Midwest, USA. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of approach it the same way as you guys too. I think having that food swap list, if my clients are on meal plan, they do have multiple sources of everything that they can choose from. And then I do have quite a few that are on macros. So you can plan out your macros for that day. You can actually like save a chunk of your macros. If you know that you're going out to eat, you can save that for dinner on Saturday night for date night and really enjoy it. And if you know that every single Saturday night is date night, we're going to work that into your plan. Um, But I think it also goes back to communicating with your coach too, of what your absolutes are and what your absolutes are not. Like you will absolutely have date night and I will absolutely have a meal out every single week. That is a non-negotiable for me for my goals. And then we work around that and we had to maybe rework our timeline or our perception of our goals of what we can reach, um, with those absolutes, but communicating that is going to be key. Mm-hmm. I, love that. I think too, a big piece, especially with the alcohol portion, it all comes back to, let me educate you on why this is not always the best decision. I mean, when you drink alcohol, your metabolism is basically focused on your body wants to drive that out. That's the number one thing it's getting rid of. So ab- like proper utilization of protein, carbs, and fats is paused while your body's trying to get like the alcohol out. Cause it's a toxin. Mm-hmm. So to think of that, like if you have a fat loss goal, if you're working on fat loss and you have a few glasses of wine one night with friends, it doesn't just fuck you up that night. Like there are days long repercussions from that. Cause your body's trying to get that out of its system. It doesn't mean you can't ever have it. That doesn't mean that you can't ever enjoy any kind of alcoholic beverage again, but it just has to, you have to recognize how and why that's going to set you back. And same thing with like a meal that doesn't sit well or doesn't digest well, your body is going to just sit in your gut for a while. You're not going to feel good. I actually, um, I find it like a great teaching opportunity when a client goes out with friends or does something and they're like, dude, I feel like crap. And I felt like crap for a few days. I'm like, okay, sit with this, like sit with how you feel. And I want you to think of that again, the next time you're tempted to do it and ask yourself if it's worth it to feel that way again, like that, this is what the outcome is going to be. We know it's going to be a pause on everything you want for your health and fitness goals. Is it worth it? Sometimes? Sure. You know? Yeah, do it. Most of the time though, it's just freaking not like it's just not like it's not worth it to feel that terrible I love that it is so true and it goes back to being an adult like (laughs) is this worth it make that decision and I just want to um repeat something that you said Hannah alcohol is a toxin thanks okay (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I I I'm so like personally passionate about this and not even for any specific reason, other than the fact that I just know how much more enhanced my life has been since I have 
99.99999% removed alcohol from the equation. And people are so just like driven and hellbent on drinking and like having it included in their life and like their day-to-day, like they can't even go out to dinner, like you said, without even ordering one drink. And it's like, I love that personally, I've gotten to a point where it's been so removed from my life for so long that it's like, it doesn't even cross my mind to think of ordering a drink when I'm out. And because I just, I know how much better I feel without it and being without it for so long. And people, I guess just like the stigma of people being like, oh, well, like, why won't you drink? Or, you know, it's just like, it's such a weird thing to me when people are like, well, just have a drink. And it's just like, leave me alone. (laughs) And it's expensive. If you go out to dinner, like, and you get like a glass of wine or a mixed drink, like those things are like minimum 10 bucks. And like your bill just like climbs so quickly. Like the health side effects aside, because those are very valid and absolutely the number one reason. But number two, shit's expensive. (laughs) Right. But like, just even knowing with, like, if I go out and I like, I strictly will kind of only drink and it's it's like maybe a couple of times a year if I'm at like a really nice like cocktail bar, right? Where like I literally appreciate the like the craft of like craft mixed cocktails. Like it's dope to me. I could literally sit at a bar and just watch people like watch the bartenders just make mixed drinks all night and not even just drink water with them the whole time. <laughs> but like if I do have one, like I always know I'm like, okay, tomorrow I'm going to be a little bit more watery. I'm going to be a little bit more sluggish even if I just have one drink, like that's how it affects me. And I know that, and I know that going into it. So do I want to have a drink or could I option, uh, could I opt for maybe having a non-alcoholic mixed drink, right? Or if I'm going to splurge, right? And have those extra sugars and juices or whatever, right? I think it's a great way to, to practice that, like thinking about the long-term goals. Cause it's like, okay, in this moment I could have a drink and I could feel like I'm having more fun with my friends maybe. And trade off is I feel like shit tomorrow and have to pause everything. Or I think about tomorrow, would I rather feel good, feel normal, wake up, get my workout in. Cause I don't play crap and proceed forward with my goals. Like which one's more worth it? Yeah. Yes. It's, it's that discipline muscle. And I will say on this topic, so I've been sober for over a year now and it kind of came to a point where it was just like, let me just see, let me see if I can do this. And I gave myself the internal calendar mark of a year and I got to a year and it was like, I I don't miss it. There's nothing that benefits me. Um, So if you are somebody that is more of a social drinker and you are around a whole bunch of people where it's not normal for you not to drink because that was very much my circle at the time. Just give yourself that internal challenge of, Hey, let me just see for a month. I'm going to go out and I'm going to see if I can enjoy myself. And you might find that you completely flip the tables of your life and change everything about it just because you removed that that one thing from your life, or you might see that you can hang out with the same people and it's completely fine for you to just get water, but you're never going to know if you don't even just do that little internal challenge to yourself. Right. And if there's people, go ahead, go ahead, Hannah. A month sounds like a lot. I dare you to do it just for a weekend. Yeah. Yeah. But make sure you go out. Don't be a hermit. Cause I, I was very much a hermit too. So go out that weekend and see how you break what you're break what you're used to. But also 
keep in mind like those circle of people that you are around right those people that are used to you having a drink when you're out with them are they supportive of you or are they trying to get you to drink and trying to get you to partake trying to get you fucked up or feed you shots right do those people actually have your best interest in mind or are they like that's really dope and I respect you because it's either that or it's like those ones that are like pushing it on you in my eyes it's like those people don't have the willpower and they know that they couldn't do it and that's why they're like oh just drink with us right and it's very telling to me of okay these are the people that actually like really support me or these people like maybe don't have my best interest in mind or just aren't mentally strong and probably not people that I actually want to be around a lot I think any kind of shift like that really boils down to the concept of if you want to be a more health-centric person if you want to look a particular way feel a particular way or perform a specific way if you want to change your life you have to become the next best version of you you have to level up and you have to become someone new and that means you can't do what you've always done. You got to do different shit. That is, yeah. I agree. I love that so much. And it's just, it's taking, taking note of what you're surrounded by. And is that propelling you forward or holding you back? Yep, exactly. That sums up the whole podcast right there. <laughs> <laughs> Want to change your life? Be different. Be different. It's true though. You just have to do the damn thing. They, the, that's what it comes down to. You just have to do it. Um, yeah. All right. No, that's that's sick. Hannah, thank you so much for coming on and just chatting with us, just shooting the shit. Um, we appreciate your time. And where can we find you? So best spots, probably Instagram. Uh, username H-A-N underscore C-A-M-F-I-T, Camfit. You can tell I'm a millennial because I still use underscores. I guess those aren't like that popular anymore. I don't know. I didn't know, but <laughs> <laughs> we're all millennials so but um yeah probably best spots there on instagram feel free to come on over send me a dm say hi awesome well thanks so much for hanging out with us today guys um if you are watching on youtube we would absolutely love it if you would share like and subscribe we have a little personal goal going for our youtube channel so Definitely subscribe if you're watching on YouTube. Otherwise, if you're watching on or listening on Apple or Spotify or wherever you're listening on, give us a five-star rating. Let us know that you're watching it. And we just appreciate you guys. So we will talk to you next week. Bye, guys. Thanks for joining. Bye.